Welcome in to the Paul Kuharski Podcast, ready to bring you great Titans information this week, brought to you by Zen Sports and Jaspers, part of the 440 Sports Network. We're going to talk about the Titans' run struggles this year, the relationship between Will Levis and DeAndre Hopkins, practice squad poaching, and I'm going to give you a stat that might scare you a little bit. Let's dig right into it. Titans rushing offense is currently 17th in the NFL. Average it out, 16-game total, it'll be 1,726 yards. I average it to 16 games so we can compare it to what they've done historically because we've only done the 17-game thing for three years now. It'll be the worst rushing offense since 2015. That was the Wizenhunt malarkey year the end of the two-year disaster. They ranked 25th that year with 241 fewer yards. Now, a Derrick Henry-Tajay Spears rushing combination, no matter how bad the offensive line, to be in a class with what they had in 2015 is, is crazy. Let's remember the remarkable stable of backs that Rustin Webster and Ken Wisenhunt had put together back then. Antonio Andrews, one of my least favorite Titans ever, uh, led the team in carries and in yards. He was simply not an NFL back. Uh, Marcus Mariota was second in yards. Dexter McCluster was uh third in carries and uh, and third in yards. Bishop Sankey, David Cobb, and Terrence West rounded out the group. Has to be one of the worst position groups in Titans-era history for the franchise. Andrews, I can't emphasize enough, had no business being uh, in the league. Uh, he wasn't fast, and uh, but he didn't have – good instincts either. If he's going to be in the league, he needs to be down where Terrence West and David Cobb were on this list as a very partial part of a rushing attack, not a lead back. McCluster was a sweetheart of a guy, um, but he was a complete Wizenhut force. He wanted that kind of dual threat back, but out of the backfield, he, he was not particularly threatening. Bishop Sankey was a top 10 bust in franchise history. He was the first running back taken in that draft and an absolute disaster. David Cobb and Terrence West were just zeros. They averaged four yards an attempt with Mariota, 3.7 yards an attempt without him. And yes, they had a very bad offensive line too. Lawan at left tackle, combination of Byron Bell and Quinton Spain at left, tack, uh, at left guard combination of Brian Schwenke and Andy Gallick at center, Chance Warmack at right guard, and a combination of Jeremiah Patassi, speaking of draft busts, and Byron Bell at right guard. So we know this team also has a terrible offensive line. Derrick Henry is averaging 3.9 yards per carry. Tajay Spears is at 4.7 yards a carry. The team overall is at 4.1. This is a team that has not articulated its identity very well. Mike Vrabel talks about effort 
every time identity is raised and effort is a great quality to have as a team, but effort is not an identity. Um, from 2016, the year after this rushing offense I'm talking about that was so bad, through 2021, the Titans had one off year, but it averaged sixth in rushing offense. That was who the Titans were. Last year, it was 13th. This year, it's in line for 17th. That's trending badly. And we know it's led by a bad offensive line. There's some Derrick Henry diminishment. His fans don't want to acknowledge that. But it seems like a good time to consider changing offensive identity as you put this offensive line back together. Um, now, this is a big debate, you know. Will they let – they're not using – fans aren't using the, the 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 wording, but it's a little bit like Seattle was when they were, you know, let Russ cook. Um, you know, people want to see Levis throw it more. And I think a revision is coming where the line's got to be better in pass protection for sure. Uh, you know, you want to find guys that can pass protect and run block. But when you're revising three-fifths or four-fifths of your line, odds are you're not going to get guys who are great at both. Last year, the guys they brought in, who turned out not to be very good, had a tendency to rate better as pass blockers than run blockers. We'll see if that's a continued trend. Um, protecting the quarterback's got to be really the biggest feature, I, I would think. Running backs have to make the first guy miss, yada, yada. Um, but even if if they throw it more, you still have to run it. You, you're not going to have, you know, a, a tremendously minimized run game. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they view this. I think this is probably the end of Henry here that you're going to have uh, Tajay Spears, and another back who can also do everything the way Tajay Spears can in terms of uh, running the route tree and catching passes so that you're not as predictable with which running back is on the field. You'll have a situational guy, you know, for, for short yardage, but that'll be a small role. And, um, and it'll be more Levis-centric. But that doesn't mean that you're – your numbers are going to go crazy in terms of throwing it. Less predictable, uh, more willing to throw it in more situations. Starts with better pass protection. Um, and, and they're at the crossroads now where they can decide what they want to be. Um, they're already less Der Derrick Henry-centric. Uh, and even if he's back, they'll be less Derrick Henry-centric. It's an interesting time in franchise history in that regard. Will Levis and Derek, uh, and Derek, Derek's on my mind. Will Levis and DeAndre Hopkins have a very interesting relationship. We've seen them uh, engage animatedly on the sideline. Um, their connection is the most important one the Titans have had this year in the passing game. And sometimes it's the only one that the Titans have had in the passing game. And Levis has handled this beautifully as a rookie. Levis is, we've talked about it. He's a guy who's got a lot of juice 
And Hopkins is a really low-key guy. So it's striking how different they are. Um, Hopkins doesn't have any of that outward fire in his DNA. He's not an NFL old-school diva receiver with any of that throw-me-the-damn-ball in him. Uh, he's, he's the most measured guy, as measured a guy as has ever come through the Titans locker room. <clears throat> it's not a bad thing. It's just his personality and Levis's personality is uh, far, far different. And so we talked to him a little bit about that this week. There's some serious yin and yang going on between the two guys who've made some big connections and are still building their relationship Teron Davenport asked Levis a good question about those differences. And as someone who who's a lot more like Levis personally, I followed up asking him if it could be hard to understand how Hopkins is, how Hopkins is. So here's uh, Levis. On That's that. tight. You know, you got to see how dudes are wired and, and, you know, approach it appropriately. And, you know, he's definitely one of those dudes that, it's not going to do any good to get in his face and scream at him, you know. But um, you got to just, you know, massage the relationship and understand how what's the best way to get through someone. And with him, it's probably the best thing is having a, you know, level-headed one-on-one conversation about what's going on. Obviously, sometimes emotions are flying and things can get a little higher. Um, but you know, you got to just maintain the relationship the best way possible. You obviously understand it. Are there ever moments where you wonder how somebody can be like that, just based on how you are? Like, how can I be that it's so exciting. Yeah, I think we all fall into that with anything in our lives or any opinions we have. Like, how does this person think about it this way than I do? But um, that's just the beauty of, the, of this world and the game and just how everyone's different. And it's the job of, you know, the leaders to understand how they are different and then in turn how to respond and how to approach them to, to get the most out of them and the best out of them. Um, so something I'm continuing to try to do and better myself at. Um, I'm looking to focus on any of these next weeks, two weeks especially. That's another uh, good Levis moment for me, just how he gets it. It shouldn't be surprising, right? A quarterback who's been around football for so long, understanding the diversity of personalities that comes in a football locker room, which is the biggest locker room there is in team sports in terms of numbers, and uh, understanding how you have to relate to a lot of those different personalities um, along the way. But I continue to see um, qualities and understanding from Levis that really make me like him as a person and that I think really benefit him as uh, as a quarterback. Uh, Titans Good Guy Award, which is only in the second year, uh, will be revealed next week. It's where the press vote for the guy who's been most helpful um, to to the press. Um, and last year was our first year, and Kevin Byard won, I think it was pretty much unanimously, um, because he stood at his locker every day, answered questions with depth, understood our jobs, all of that stuff. There's nobody in the locker room who meets the Kevin Byard standard this year. And there are a lot of candidates in the locker room as it stands who were worthy of consideration, uh, Aziz Al-Shair, Sean Murphy Bunting, Daniel Brunskill, um, Nick, West, uh, Nick Westbrook Akine even, 
Um, and I'm probably forgetting a few others. But I really had a strong feeling about Will Levis. Now, Will Levis isn't available the same way those other guys are available um, at, at his locker most days, like most of those guys are. But I find him to be incredibly thoughtful and really engaged. And uh, I want him to stay that way. Um, you know, stuff will happen with a starting quarterback when there's a particularly bad game or whatever. And there's potential for a guy to ultimately sour on, um, on the media. And uh, I hope it doesn't go that direction. I don't see any indications that he could go that direction. But here's my first choice for, for the good guy award because I think um, it's a difficult process for a rookie quarterback. Um, he was available to us and talked to us a lot uh, about things behind the scenes while he was the number two. And every week that he's been at the podium, it's been uh, really, really uh, engaged, informative, and uh, he, he's into it. And I, I, it, it's meant a lot to us. And I, I just find it as valuable quarterback time as we've had in a long time. And that's no shot at Ryan Tannehill and Marcus Mariota was never good there. Uh, but the best we've had since, since Matt Hasselbeck. And so uh, that was just an aside, but he got my first place vote. We did Heisman trophy voting. Uh, I don't think he'll win, uh, but I think he would have been a worthy winner. And that's saying something based on the fact that he's uh, guided to be a, a once a week guy. I'm sponsored by Zen Sports, a terrific betting app available only to those of you in Tennessee. They have a no-danger first wager bonus. If you lose your first bet, you get refunded up to $1,000. So pick out something pretty that's plus 500 or lower. Sit back and either bankroll that account with a big win or know that you're getting that $1,000 back. It's perfect. I'm showing you if you're watching on the... Uh, on the YouTube, which you should be. I got a little uh, visual aid here. Download the app, Zen Sports. Uh, use code TNPAUL, TNPAUL. Make just a $10 bet, and you get a free one-year membership to paulkuharski.com, a great thing to have as a Titans fan. And I'm going to give you, uh, this is the first time, drum roll please, a parlay this weekend that I think you should play. Uh, Browns at home against the Jets, giving up seven. Cowboys money line at home against the Lions. And the Dolphins getting three and a half at Baltimore. The Ravens are tired, and they're hearing a lot of good things about themselves. You bet those three, and you get uh, plus 336. Browns giving seven. Cowboys money line at home. Dolphins getting three and a half. Plus 336. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and in Tennessee to bet. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe and like. Uh, wherever you're listening to the podcast, do the same to whatever degree you can. It's a big help to me, and I appreciate it. 24 teams. 24 teams are still alive for the NFL playoffs heading into the second to last week. And the NFL is touting that as a glorious development. 
it is what they wanted when they expanded the playoff field to seven teams in each conference. But is it really so great? I mean, it sounds great, and it does make some games now in uh, week, what are we, 17? Uh, you know, much more appealing than they might have been. The Broncos aren't dead yet, though, and they just benched Russell Wilson for their final two games because uh, they, they're going to insure themselves about $37 million guarantees if he can't pass physical in early March. Now, they certainly have a better chance of winning their two games and maximizing their playoff chances if Russell Wilson plays, but they don't care. That's how how uh, they view the playoffs. They're not interested in winning. They're more interested in Wilson being healthy in their financial situation. The Bears are 6-9 and nine and technically alive. The Vikings are 7-8 and eight and don't know who their quarterback is between Nick Mullins and Jerry, Jaron Hall. Packers are seven and eight and just suspended their top cornerback. The Falcons and Saints are both seven and eight. They play in the terrible NFC and they're four and six in the NFC. I guess that's good that they've won some games in the AFC. The Raiders are seven and eight, but at least they're surging. The Steelers are eight and seven, but they've got a negative 34 point differential. The Bengals, who I love, are 8-7, and seven, but they're 0-5 in the AFC Central. 14 teams created intrigue. It's what the league wanted. But are bad teams with some awful quarterbacks really what we want in the playoffs? I know there's no convincing owners because more money means more money. But more is not always bad. I'm going to hear my dogs in the background saluting my son arriving home. That's Ripley, the high one, Finley, the low one, and they send their holiday greetings to you. I don't want bad teams in the playoffs. I want to see quality against quality. And more is not always better with the playoffs. That's the way everything's trending. And uh, it's, it's not for the better. So it, it's for the better building up to the playoffs, and then we're going to see a shit matchup or two. Don't love it. Jasper's also a sponsor of mine. Great place to go have something to eat. And let's, let's be honest. You're not cooking at this stage of the holiday. You're eating leftovers or you're heading out. Head out to Jasper's. It's on West End between uh, downtown and midtown. Free parking, which is the first thing you've got to love about the place. Pull in there. Don't worry about paying for parking. Uh, friendly, friendly staff. Great people. Great menu. Uh, get yourself a cold beer, a nice cocktail. Um, head in there. I'm a big fan of the bolognese. It's hard for me not to order the bolognese. Are you like me? Like if you don't get your favorite thing, then you might regret not getting your favorite thing. The one time I didn't get my favorite thing, I got the Cuban sandwich. I was very pleased with that. Uh, they got Papa Shot and... Um, a uh, lot of games in there that you could play for free while you're waiting for your order or before you order, whatever you want. You could have a business lunch. You could have a date night. You could have a family night. Food's great. Drinks are great. Service is great. Did I mention free parking? Jasper's on um, West End between downtown and midtown. Can't go wrong. <clears throat> Give them a shot. 
PK.com right now, you could read what the Titans still have left to play for by Blake, uh, by Mike Herndon. Uh, good piece with uh, more implications than everybody thinks of. People are far too concerned with draft position, and he includes draft position in his in his piece, but he's got some other things that are also of concern that you also should be concerned with. Game preview coming from Blake Bettingfield that you need to read as well. Uh, here's a call for some of you to help me with a piece I want to write next week uh, with some sentimental uh, sentimentality to it. It's a final tailgate coming up at Nissan Stadium uh, for the Jaguars game, which we don't know yet if it's uh, Saturday or Sunday of the final weekend. I suspect it'll be Sunday. If you've been in these parking lots for 24 years or if you're especially sentimental, about pregame festivities there, please reach out to me at pkuharski at gmail.com or you can DM me on, on Twitter, pkuharski at gmail.com. I want to hear your stories. I want to see your pictures and I want to write about what's the final tailgating game at Nissan Stadium as we know it because that parking lot is going to be under construction starting pretty soon after the season's over as they start to build new Nissan stadium. And I know uh, those tailgates are a big part of a lot of your lives in terms of going to Titans games and something you're going to miss as, uh, as they build the new stadium. And then in the new stadium's existence, that's not going to include parking lots. Um, and so it's going to be a whole different, experience. Uh, and I want to talk to you about how you're feeling about that and what you're going to do maybe for that, for that last tailgate. So reach out to me. I'm, I'm anxious to talk to you. Practice squads. I've been critical of the Titans. I've been critical of the Titans for not signing more guys off of other teams, practice squads this season. It seems like there's a stable of players there where you should be able to find some guys you liked late rounds of the draft or as priority undrafted uh, free agents that you could go pluck for the back end of your roster and carry into next season looking to develop. But I've looked pretty closely in the last week at practice squads around the league, and I've got to admit they are thin. What happens is that every team around the league to some degree has gone through what the Titans have gone through. They get hurt, <clears throat> and guys go to IR, and they call up people from their practice squads. And uh, then who's on their practice squads right now is not very good. They're not a lot of attractive players. I also know the Titans at least twice this year have gone after a guy on a practice squad, and the team he was on offered him a spot on their own 53, and he took it and stayed. And why wouldn't you? I mean, if you've worked in a team's system – for uh, the whole season and you have a choice between being on that team's 53 or going to a new team to be on their 53, it seems like a no-brainer to take the promotion where you are. Discuss this a little bit with Mike Frame. There's a lot of those uh, situations that happen this time of year. You know, when we take somebody off somebody's practice squad, uh, we're required to keep them uh, for a minimum of, of three weeks on the active roster some teams do try to do that in the past and some teams will will promote the said player 
maybe a veteran player that has you know, a number of credited seasons that's on the practice squad that may ultimately get called up to a, a playoff team, may stay. There's a lot of different scenarios, and I think that a lot of those depend on the individual player, what he's done in, in his career, what he wants to do, the opportunity uh, that may be presented, whether it's here or, or somewhere else. So the Titans have actually been beneficiaries of, of this very thing, um, of a guy deciding not to take an offer somewhere else and taking the Titans offer to get promoted on their 53. This is what happened with Marlon Davidson in Nashville on December 22nd. The 49ers released the one-time second-round pick by the Atlanta Falcons from their practice squad back on October 4th and the Titans signed him to their practice squad on October 25th. Then, last Friday, the Titans intended to sign him to their 53 after he played twice as a practice squad elevation. And the 49ers called the same day offering a spot on their roster, and Davidson had a choice to make. Yeah, it was a decision to be made, but, I mean, um, I feel like I made the right decision. Um, being here in Tennessee uh, – continue to show what I do and keep building off of what I started here. And, um, you know, it's just, it's amazing for me. I mean, I'm happy that San Fran had another opportunity to give me, but, you know, I'm here now. So. What's that like to go from maybe waiting, waiting, waiting to then having two, two teams that want you on their 53 at the same time? I mean, um, <laughs> it felt good, but the other day, like it was a very, very hard decision. You know, one that I had to make in a day and it wasn't just one that I was going to make to go and do something like that. So, What's sensitive for you? Um, just Tennessee, man. I like it here. I like Coach Vrabel. I really do. He's an easy guy to root for, and he's, he's played well for the Titans since he's been up. The Titans are so depleted on the interior line that they've got uh, six guys that they list as defensive linemen. They list Danico Autry as a defensive lineman, even though he's part of the linebacker meeting rooms. The other five guys were not around when the season started. Um, and so that Marlon Davidson is playing well for them at this stage, bodes really well for him in the future, and he's going to have a chance uh, to play himself into a spot next year when people are healthy again. Jeffrey Simmons ought, uh, certainly comes back. Kyle Pico, I think, has, has played his way um, in, into a chance for next season as well. I think he – probably needs a exclusive rights contract. I'm not positive about his status, but um, Titans defensive line uh, needs to be replenished. And some of these guys who are playing there now could be a part of it based on the efforts they're doing. So Marlon Davidson could have gone and signed with San Francisco when San Francisco is a Super Bowl favorite, but, because of the familiarity he had with the Titans, and he's familiar with San Francisco. He was on their practice squad. He's more familiar with the Titans. He's in the Titans' flow right now, and he decided to stay. So you could see what the Titans are working against when uh, they're trying to do what I've been asking him to do, to go get guys off practice squads. You go get those guys off the practice squads, and if they go into the GM's office and say, hey, the Titans are ready to sign me to 53, and the GM says, hey, give us a minute. He and the coach meet, and they come back out and they say, hey, 
That's great that you've got an offer from the Titans. Congratulations. We'd like to promote you to the 53 here. It's awful easy to say yes. Do you, do you want moving vans or you just want to be promoted? I'll take the promotion, please. A stat of note here that might be cause for a little fear. I, I hope I'm being sarcastic when, when I say this, or I hope it turns out to be uh, a, a joking fear. But I think having watched the Titans as long as we have and remembering Mike Vrabel and Rand Carthen laughing at the TV screen when they didn't take a wide receiver, that's how a lot of us interpreted it. Um, there's some danger here. Uh, this is uh, courtesy at IE underscore NFL inside edge. Titans wide receivers have averaged 15.1 yards per reception. This season, 15.1 yards per reception, strictly wide receivers, not targets, wide receivers. That's the second best in the NFL. The league average is 12.6. The 49ers are the only team better at 16.3. Houston and mighty bombs away Miami are tied for third at 14.4. Let's get this straight. The Titans wide receivers. Average more yards per reception than Miami. This makes me scared that that Mike Vrabel and Rand Carthon are going to get in a room and look at this and say, "We're okay at wide receiver. Let's go look at corners. Let's go look at edge rushers. Let's keep dealing with the offensive line." Please, God, no. Go to Zen Sports, download the app, bet $10, use TN Paul, and you get a free membership to paulkuharski.com. Go to Jasper's on West End for a great meal, great service, great drinks. Don't block the box, and please be sure to lock your lock. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>